the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every intention of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. This wickedness was great. This wickedness was great. Every intention of the thoughts of his heart. And it was continuous. All the time. Every thought. All the time. Is this unique? Is this this because of the time in which this was occurring? Uh, No. This is the fruit of the fall. This is what it means to be in Adam. This is what he has handed down to all of us. That all of the thoughts of our heart are continually wicked all the time. And I know what you're saying. Well, that can't be true because, you know, that. I mean, we, we, that even people who are not Christians have thoughts that are not sinful. No, they don't. Every thought and every intention of the heart of man is only wicked all the time. Well, no, I know that because non-Christian people do good things. No, they don't. In order for something to be good, it has to be the right thing done the right way for the right reason. And the only right reason is the glory of God. And you do not pursue the glory of God as an unregenerate man. Romans chapter 8 makes it very clear. We're here in the flesh. We do not please God. In fact, we cannot. Apart from faith, it is impossible to please God. And and this is what we don't get. This is what we don't understand. That this statement about every thought of man being only wicked all the time. This was not just about the time of Noah. This was about the byproduct or the outcome of the fall. This is what the fall produced in all of us. This is that total depravity or radical depravity that every area and aspect of who we are as human beings is tainted by the fall apart from the regenerating work of the Spirit of God. It doesn't matter that you think you're doing good. You are an enemy of God. It doesn't matter because your motives cannot be pure. Every aspect of who you are is ruined because of the fall, and the flood did not fix that. This is important, folks. The purpose of the flood was not to fix the sinfulness. We'll talk about the purpose of it, but that's not the purpose. If you believe in justification by flood, you're in trouble. If you believe in sanctification by flood, you have missed it. We're justified by faith alone, in Christ alone. Amen? We are saved by His finished work at Calvary alone. That's all. The flood cannot save you. The fact that God dealt with sinners in the flood does not change your heart. Because guess what? There weren't just sinners outside the boat. There were sinners inside the boat. Noah and his sons were sinners who were saved by grace. Noah didn't get on the boat because he was the one non-sinner in the world. Everyone born of ordinary generation inherits the sin of Adam. 
everyone born of ordinary generation is a sinner. This is why right after the flood, we see Noah, what? Drunk, naked, sons got to cover him up. Noah doesn't get on the boat because he is sinless. The flood doesn't end the sin problem. So that statement that was true of the people in Noah's day who died in the flood is also true of you apart from Christ. It's true of me apart from Christ. What is happening here is not that God says there's fantastic sinners out there and I am going to flood the earth so that the fantastic sinners can be dealt with and the people who are not sinners will get on the boat because they've earned it. No! The flood helps you to understand the magnitude of sin and of the holiness of God. If you think the only people beating on the doors to the ark as the water raised were tattooed men who were murderers and thieves and rapists, you better think again. There were grandmothers who drowned in the flood. Old men who drowned in the flood. Pillars of the community who drowned in the flood. The nice shop owner around the corner who, quote, never hurt anybody, drowned in the flood. The young lady with the beautiful smile, drowned in the flood. The young man who was so vibrant and full of life, who wouldn't hurt a fly, he drowned in the flood. Because every thought and every intention of his heart was always and only wicked all the time. And you just don't know it because you can't see the heart. It wasn't just hardened criminals who died in the flood. It was people just like everyone you know. And people just like you. This is important. This is important. Secondly, the flood also shows us the magnitude of God's wrath. So the Lord said, I will blot out man whom I have created from the face of the land. Man and animals and creeping things and birds of the heavens. For I'm sorry that I've made them. We see the magnitude of God's wrath. There's geological evidence everywhere on planet Earth of the worldwide flood. Everywhere. Geological evidence all over the face of the planet supports the idea of a worldwide flood. Happened. Just like the Bible says. This is the magnitude of the wrath of God. Every air-breathing thing that wasn't on the boat died. And finally... The flood shows us the magnitude of God's grace. Kill everybody. And we see his grace? Yes, we see his grace. Listen, there didn't have to be an ark. There didn't have to be an ark. Noah, Shem, Ham, Japheth, and their wives do not get on the ark because they deserved it. They got on the ark because of God's grace. Because he was going to keep his word 
He's going to keep his promise that he made in Genesis 3.15. That is why these weren't random people who got on the ark, but people who were in the direct lineage of the promised seed who has to come to crush the head of the snake. He could have been like an artist who says, I don't like this painting. Paint over the entire thing. I don't want any remnant of it left. I don't want any reminder of this horrible painting left. But that's not what God did. God made a promise. God kept his promise. God says to Noah and to Shem and to Ham and to Japheth, you're going to get on the boat. You're going to survive. And the promised seed is going to come. Here we see the magnitude of God's grace. We see Noah, the herald of righteousness. Genesis chapter 6 verse 9. These are the generations of Noah. Noah was a righteous man, blameless in his generation. Noah walked with God. And Noah had three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. He was a righteous man, blameless in his generation. Why? Because he didn't, he didn't have original sin? Of course he had original sin. Noah was a righteous man by the grace of God. Just like any other righteous man is a righteous man by the grace of God. Noah needs a savior. And he is saved in the ark. But here's what's interesting. That Noah is a picture of the grace of God as well. Over a hundred years of building the ark, what is he doing? He's preaching. He's preaching repentance. He's inviting sinners to come. The sheer size of the ark and the notoriety. Can you imagine? Can you imagine how notorious Noah would have been? Have you heard about the guy building the ark? Nowhere near water. There were other boat builders. In Noah's day. But they built their boats on the water. Noah's building a boat that is a giant boat that's nowhere near the water. He's a crazy man. No, he's not. He's a picture of the grace of God preaching repentance before the judgment comes. The animals come onto the ark. By twos and by sevens. By twos for the unclean and by sevens for the clean. Folks, somebody should know something when animals start of their own volition walking onto the ark. Amen? Noah doesn't go out and find the animals and capture them. And ca- the animals of their own volition walk onto the ark. There were opportunities. This is a picture of Christ. Who is a herald of righteousness. His coming was promised. And he came. He lived a perfect life. His righteousness was not like Noah's righteousness. He was actually righteous. Because he was not born of ordinary generation. He did not have original sin. His public death and resurrection. Announcing the judgment and wrath of God. Poured out on another. So that we might be saved. And the published witness that we have in the word of God the church is another herald of righteousness nearly 2,000 years of public witness and warning as the ark is being built to save all of those who would come by repentance and faith 
The rainbow is a constant witness. God says in chapter 9, this rainbow is going to be a sign of the covenant between me and all of humanity. Whenever the rain comes and you see the rainbow, just remember, remember, I will remember and I won't do this again. And you remember that I won't do this again, not this way. By the way, this is another problem with people who argue that this was a local flood. What does the rainbow say? The rainbow says God won't do it again. If it was a local flood, God does that every month. Huh? How is the rainbow a covenant sign if the flood was a local flood? Somewhere on the earth, there's a local flood happening right now. So the rainbow means nothing. The only way the rainbow means something is if the flood was global. And it was. And it was. Not only does God provide a witness, but he always saves a remnant. In the flood, he saves Noah and his sons. At Sodom, the second time he does something like this, he saves righteous Lot. The Passover, the third time he does something like this, he saves Israel. In Israel's judgment, he always saves a remnant. And in the age to come, God will save a people for his own pleasure. Folks, there's another ark being built and there's another judgment coming. Here's why you need to understand the magnitude of sin. Here's why you need to understand the magnitude of God's wrath. Because there are some of us who have not gotten onto the ark. Because you believe that the flood is only for fantastic sinners. No, it's for you. It's for you. And it's for me. And the judgment of God will fall again. And the flood will look like a local flood in light of the judgment that is to come when all of humanity once again is judged by Almighty God. When the final judgment comes, when men and angels are judged, when Christ returns, not as the Lamb of God to die for sin, but as the Lion of the tribe of Judah, who comes back to judge sin and to set all things right. Everything will be set right. And unless you understand the magnitude of your own sin, unless you understand the magnitude of God's wrath, you do not understand the magnitude of God's grace and your need to get on the ark. Luke chapter 17, 26 to 30, Jesus says, Just as it was in the days of Noah, so will it be in the days of the Son of Man, they were eating and drinking and marrying and being given in marriage until the day when Noah entered the ark and the flood came and destroyed them all. Likewise, just as it was in the days of Lot, they were eating and drinking, buying and selling, planting and building. But on the day when Lot went out from Sodom, fire and sulfur rained from heaven and destroyed them all. So will it be on the day when the Son of Man is revealed. There's another heart being built. There's another judgment coming. Noah preached. And people heard. And they didn't get on the ark. They didn't get on the ark. 
He's not talking to me. I'm a good person. He's not talking to me. I'm not a notorious sinner. And the rains came. And the waters rose. Can you imagine the sound? Can you imagine how many people were beating on the outside of the ark? We believe you now. We believe you now. Open the door and let us in. We believe you now. But on that awesome and terrible day, it was too late. Have you heard? Have you heard the message of Noah? Have you heard the message of Lot? Have you heard the message of Jesus? Have you heard the message of the church? This time won't last forever. He said, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place, I will return. He says he'll return and he'll receive us and he'll take us so that where he is, we may be also. He's building an ark. And it won't take forever. It won't take forever. The doors will close. The judgment will come. And in that moment, it will be too late. Oh, sinner. In the day you hear his voice, do not harden your heart. Oh, you who think you're righteous just because someone is worse than you in your opinion. Do not ignore the warnings. Oh, you who think that it's been so long that the judgment can't come again. Don't you dare fall asleep. Don't you dare. Because the fact of the matter is, you could close your eyes today for the last time. And today could be that day for you. Are you prepared? Are you on board? Are you safe? Nearly 2,000 years ago, Roman soldiers took nails and wood And they built a cross. And then they took nails and wood. And they nailed Christ to the cross that they had built. And Christ took those nails and took that wood. And he built an ark. on board will 